The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. According to Luke 21, 36, do we escape the Great Tribulation by works? How about this question? How much Bible do we need to read each day in order to benefit from the Bible? Some good questions just ahead, and Bob Wilkin and Dave Renfro will be here too to answer them. This is the podcast and radio broadcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society, and its name is Grace in Focus. Find out more about this ministry located in North Texas by going to our website, faithalone.org. We are a free grace ministry, and we have hundreds of articles there for you to read. You can also find out about our magazine and our seminary at that same address, faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer and discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and David Renfro. Hello there. Hey, what's up? Not much. Just kind of <laughs> hanging around the GES office. There you go. <laughs> I think you have a question from Mike. Yeah, the, Mike has a very interesting question here. He says, Luke twenty-one thirty-six. he quotes it, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think Mike's question is, if we believe that all believers will be raptured before the day of the Lord, before the tribulation, Mm -hmm. then how can he say, watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, which seems to refer to the tribulation, right? You would think. Yeah, I noticed earlier in the passage, it talks about the day. Right. And the day is normally thought of as the day of the Lord, which would begin with the rapture Mm -hmm. and go through the tribulation, the second coming. And in some places, the day of the Lord even includes the millennium and the burning up of the current heavens and earth at the end of the millennium. Uh, Second Peter 3, 10 through 12 uses the day of the Lord like that. Mm -hmm. I I saw an article we have at our website at faithalone.org by Bill Feast. And Bill suggested the emphasis here is on the last part of verse 36, that you may be counted worthy to stand before the Son of Man. Bill Fee says that's certainly talking about the judgment seat of Christ. And I noticed that a number of commentators do suggest that this is referring to either the judgment seat of Christ or some commentators think there's just one final judgment of believers and unbelievers. Mm-hmm. So they think the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne are the same thing. Right. But in any regard, they see standing before him as standing in such a way that we're not ashamed of ourselves, that we're not found unworthy. And so I think Feast is right that the emphasis here is that we might be counted worthy to stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. And the emphasis is on boldness that is coming. Like 1 John 2.28, my little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink back in shame mm-hmm. before him at his coming. And coming is, you know, the Greek word parousia. Right. Just looking a little earlier in the context here, verse 34, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. What that means is, you know, you're living your life purely for yourself. It's a self-indulgent, self-centered life, and you're not thinking about the coming of the Lord. 
you know, it's kind of like our narcissistic society. It's all about me. Right. I mean, every generation, every culture has that temptation that it is all about me. And apparently, in, you know, in Jesus' day, there was quite a bit of that. I think he's saying, don't worry about indulging yourself all the time. Look for my coming. That's good. There's two ways we may understand that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things. Right. In the first place, it may be saying, look, all believers are going to escape the tribulation, but only some will be worthy to escape the tribulation. So if that's what he's saying, it's like, look, if you're unworthy of escaping it, you're going to have those consequences at the judgment seat of Christ. It will catch up with you, but yeah. you still escape the going through the right. tribulation. But the other way is you could understand escaping it, referring not to missing the tribulation, but referring to missing the negative consequences that will come to those who are unprepared. Mm -hmm. I read one... Do you uh, think self-indulgence uh, makes you unprepared? Yes, I do. Oh. <laughs> Just yeah. a thought. Yeah, when Paul said at the end of his life, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith... Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give to me, mm -hmm. and not to me only, but to all who have loved his yes. appearing. Yeah. Second Timothy 4, 6 through 8. The point there is, if a believer is not loving his appearing, well, then he is not going to escape from the consequences of the tribulation. He will escape from the physical consequences, but not the spiritual. So that's the second way to understand it. But either way, Mike, this isn't somehow saying that the unfaithful believer is going to go through the tribulation. Right. Now, we know from 1 Thessalonians four thirteen to 18 that all believers are going to escape. He says the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive will be caught up. And Paul doesn't say anything about, but wait a minute, it's we who are alive and are faithful. No, all of them. Right. Just jumping in here to make you aware of our magazine, Grace in Focus. It is a bi-monthly, six issues per year, 48-page magazine, full color. And we want you to subscribe by emailing your name and your snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. The subscription is free. It can be accessed electronically or it can be actually physically sent to you if you live in the lower 48 United States. That's our Grace and Focus magazine. Send your name and snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. And he also says in 1 Thessalonians 5.10, which was one of Zane Hodges' favorite verses, interestingly. I remember he told me about this. It says, whether we are awake or asleep, and actually the Greek says whether we are watchful, it's the same word gregoreo, to watch, mm -hmm. whether we are watchful or morally asleep at the time of his coming, we will be forever with him. With him, yeah. And so every believer, whether they're awake at the time of the rapture or not, is going to be with the Lord. We're not going to be separated from the Lord for seven years during the tribulation and no, we'll meet him in the air and we'll be with him. So it can't mean what Mike was concerned about it meaning, but I do mm -hmm. think that Bill Feast is on the right track. And by the way, I noticed a number of commentators say that, that the real emphasis is on standing before him at his coming. Isn't there kind of an implication of fellowship, close fellowship? It's not like you're rejected by him, but your desire for that, you know, like looking forward to his coming, as this passage says, 
That means you're going to actually result through the judgment. You will actually stand before him and close to him. To me, that's kind of a fellowship thing with our Lord. I like that. I think there's a clear emphasis in Scripture that the overcomers have a special intimacy with Christ. I agree. Special closeness to him. One more passage that I personally cannot escape, and it's related to this, is the First John 5 passage. Do not love this world or the things in the world. The word there is agape for love. Yeah. And agape is the love of commitment and the love of sacrifice. If that's the way you look at the world, you're going to sacrifice anything to get ahead in this world. And what John is saying, don't do that. That's great. Don't do that. The focus should be on him and him alone. Because our true career and our true rewards are at the judgment seat of Christ. Right. You know, not laying up treasure on earth, but laying up treasure in heaven that the Lord will bring with him. Okay, I think you got another question. What's the next question? Greg asked the question. I have a question about the study that looks at the effects of reading the Bible four days per week. How many verses or chapters did they read each day? I mean, one could just read one verse and it wouldn't have the same effect as reading one chapter. That's a valid question. Yeah. Now, I saw the same study he's talking about. I read an article that said if you read the Bible, people who read the Bible four days a week experience better physical, emotional, and mental health than Mm -hmm. those who do not. I remember when I saw the study, I kind of thought it would depend, of course, on why and how the person is reading the Bible, which is essentially Greg's question. Mm-hmm. I have a quick little anecdote. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, Art Farstead was a good friend of mine. He was the first editor of our journal, and he was on my initial board and just a great guy. Uh, went to be with the Lord in 1998. But I remember a couple of years before he passed, he told me a story about a young man who came to his church. He had a church called Christ Congregation that met in his home. And Art was a mega genius. You know, Mm -hmm. he was basically fluent in Greek, fluent in Hebrew, fluent in French and German and Norwegian and lots of other languages. And he was just extremely gifted. Mm -hmm. And he would teach the Bible in his home. And he had this one guy who was following Bill Gothard. Remember the basic youth conflict? Oh, yeah. So evidently, Gothard had this idea that if you're truly spiritual, you're going to read, I think it was three of the Psalms, one proverb, so every month you'd read all the Proverbs, Mm -hmm. and then you would read two chapters from the Old Testament and two chapters from the New Testament. But (laughs) Art said when he was speaking, he'd look down, and this young man was reading his eight chapters. And he said he wasn't paying attention to what I was saying. And the guy was very legalistic, so he wouldn't read quickly, you know. Mm -hmm. He would read every word, sub-vocalize every word. It would take him forever. And the guy just didn't have enough hours in the day. So while he's sitting there, supposed to be taking in the Word of God, instead he's 
reading these passages, and probably his reading was hindered by the fact he's got to listen to a guy talk. But my point is, you're not going to get much out of that, are you? No, you're not. I would suggest that sometimes reading more is less. If you read a few verses with comprehension, that's better than reading a few chapters without comprehension. I would suggest, sure, reading the Bible four days a week or every day is great, Mm -hmm. but read it with comprehension. So give it careful thought. I've read through the Bible in a year many times, and that's a different kind of reading than I normally do. Sure. You're not trying to analyze it. You're just reading it for the input of the Word itself. Right. But when you do, I would urge, take a minute if something hits you that you're wondering about and meditate on it. Think about it. Pray about it. And write notes in the margin or write notes on a piece of paper like a very important question sometimes. Why is this here? Right. And once that's done, then you can do your research. Absolutely. Um, Well, Greg, I like your question, and I think you're right. It's not a matter of how many verses or chapters we read, but the issue is, are we engaging our minds with the Word of God? Are we interacting with it? Interacting with Mm -hmm. it. And if we are, then it has a powerful impact where our minds are renewed and our lives are transformed, Romans 12, 2. Well, thanks so much, and remember, keep grace in focus. Be sure to check out our daily blogs at faithalone.org. They are short and full of great teaching, just like what you've heard today. Find them at faithalone.org slash resources slash blog. We would like to thank all of our financial partners who help us keep this show going. All gifts are tax deductible and very much appreciated. If you'd like to find out how you can be a financial partner, visit us at faithalone.org. On the next episode, to fear or not to fear, that is the question. You join us for it, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.